Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to... Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but here's my number. This is baby. No joke, that song came on the radio the other day, and I did the... Yeah, in front of Anna Louise. <laughs> yeah, Nothing. Got nothing. Not did you just no sell it completely? I think she just thought I. Ah, she's been married to me for long enough. Yeah, now. yeah I think yeah. she just thought that well, this comes with the territory. Um, see, how are you feeling about tonight's show? I'll put it this way, Wilborn. <laughs> what am I looking at on my phone right now? Um, <laughs> it is not my alarm. Is it's it? It's not your alarm. Not my alarm because it's uh, it's a better rampage on paper than we've been accustomed to of late, and yet it still doesn't have that I need to see this. Mm. I will be gutted if my muscle memory, as it does every morning, just takes me to Twitter to make sure that the world isn't about to end. If I did that and saw a result get spoiled, Vert Vixen going to be Jade. Ah, God, I got that one spoiled. So there's nothing like that on this show. One could argue that in general, despite the incredible match quality, AEW Dynamite is missing that intangible Mm. feeling of must-see, can't wait. This Rampage looks like an 8 or a 7.5 out of 10, as opposed to the usual 6.5 or 7, but it's still not quite enough. Yeah. That's why I showed you what was definitely my alarm. (laughs) The, uh, yeah, CM Punk Rampage's early days aside, it's felt like a very much an afterthought when it comes to... Oh, my God, it's the same conversation every week. You know what I mean? Like, it is. I've written here, more AW ratings chat as yes. well, because, like, I, I, I think this is a pretty decent show. Like, I don't think that I asked you earlier, is the trio's titles on the line? Like it matters. Yeah. The Elite AR Fox and Top Flight, obviously, which will be really enjoyable if it's ended like their last affair. But 
felt like, all oh, right, we're going to give him a really good rampage. So let's not spoil the fans in attendance any earlier and just do a half-assed dynamite this week. So why can't you? Why not both? Why not both? Um, I tweeted this. The mega fans will forgive me that, and I want to go. This is not much to talk about here. So can I have like a three to five minute rant, mm. a, a meditation on dynamite? Because I'm trying to pin down. I feel like it's my job. There's a undefined malaise surrounding, ironically, a exceptional 8.5 out of 10 pro wrestling show, 7 out of 8 weeks. Mm. So I tweeted, and I want to elaborate on what I think I mean, even though I'm not that sure, that it's 7 out of 8 weeks, and if it's not last this week's Dynamite, which is just a lifeless dud, it's the Soraya makes an impromptu lumberjack match. Seven out of eight weeks. There's always an eighth week. Seven out of eight weeks is an 8.5, where there's always great action. There's always at least one great promo, and sometimes, not all the time, a great angle. The trifecta usually hits. At the exact same time, I think that if I sat down in front of my laptop and got in the zone, I could think of 100 improvements I would make to this show. Mm. Literally 100. This annoys me. This annoys me. This person's not being used. I miss when they used to do this. I really think they're doing too much of that. This is predictable. This is getting tiresome. I get actively annoyed by this. That's a key detail that's been missing. I, I think I could honestly reach 100 easily. Why is it that this is the case? And I, I think there are two core problems, right? Three, burnout. Quite clearly, Tony Khan, who's in it was fourth year. I hate it when people still to this day say, maybe Tony Khan should get someone with their experience. He's had four years of one yes. of the best pro wrestling products ever. And if you think about the usual lifespan of a booker, right, in yeah. other territories and companies, he's almost at or has exceeded the halfway point for most bookers' great all-time runs. Do not tell me, ever, that they could get a writer in. Who's a writer that has got the experience that apparently Tony Khan, who has booked the Elite Saga, who has booked Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page, who has booked CM Punk versus MJF, who has booked Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho, which was fantastic, who has booked MJF versus Cody Rhodes, which was fantastic. Just off the top of my head, yeah. this guy has already booked, not written, booked some incredible shows. I think you and I, if we were going to restart WCPW, right, you and I and Hamlet, I can't do what he does. But we could get our heads together, probably, and I think it's fair to say we could probably knock up a good few weeks, maybe even months of stories, because you just you start from it's a standing start, or you start you starting with all the pieces on the board wherever you want them. So I'm sure we could do that. I think, like you say, the longevity really doesn't get enough respect, in my opinion. I don't think his intricate, brilliant plotting gets enough respect. No. I could never do what between January the first. 2020, or the Elite Still Elite, we need to save from December 18. Let's do this awesome thing where you get the happy ending of the Elite Beating Death Triangle. That was still awesome, guys. And, oh, hang on, we're not still Elite because Hangman Page is drinking and he's a meme and it's all sorts of fun. From there to full year 2021, I could never write that or book that. And I think people are lying to themselves if they think that wasn't just immortal, just absolutely phenomenal. If you want a full, not a full, 
if you want a really nice, near comprehensive look at that, hop onto Amazon and buy hey. Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. 120,000 passionate and insightful words all about the formation and indeed rise of AEW. But the three things I think are to blame that I mentioned earlier to circle back. Burnout, you can only have so many ideas. And even though Tony Khan is different to most bookers and that he doesn't have one fixed philosophy, the beauty of Tony Khan as a booker is that he loves the range of professional wrestling as an art form, so he's not steadfast to one thing. Like Bill Watts wanted his realism. Vince McMahon wanted his vanilla or chocolate. I can't remember which way around it was, yes. but he's got his own bloody one vision. Um, Triple H has got one thing that he liked. Vince Russo, who was great for a year, mm-hmm. had one approach. Tony Khan has different ones. That's the joy of him as a booker. But he still takes too much on, and there's still a finite amount of things that he can do or stories he can tell, and I think we're reaching that point. He's got enough on, right, if you take in AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, AW Dark, AW Dark Elevation, whatever's happening with Ring of Honor. That's enough as is. Yeah. He's got Jacksonville Jaguars. Full ham. They're they're close season now, so I I assume that's when they do, if it's anything like soccer, English football. Um, that's when all the big signings and trades, I believe, will take place. It's yeah, it's just more or less finished. out of his hands when it's in the season. Yeah. It's in the coach but and the now players. he's got to deal with that. Fulham doing far better than I think many of us would have imagined, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Aye. But he, that's still another huge project. AW's better when Fulham sucks. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no yeah. Cor- there's no correlation. Yeah. So burnout's an issue. The other one is that he has signed too many people. Yes. You will never reach that point again where February 2020 and the build to full gear. I would argue, and a lot of people would, no, I wouldn't argue this. A lot of people, and I can see where they're coming from, I just have a sentimental attachment to February 2020, as immortal as it was. A lot of people prefer the summer of 2021, and that roster was pretty damn big then. I'm done with you, by the way, on this. I don't know whether it's because because it was just before everything went to yeah, yeah, yeah. in the world or, or what, but but the way that there's a feeling that instills when you say February 2020, I immediately go back to it's Sunday morning. I'd gone out with a load of mates yeah. on on Saturday night, probably the last big night out I had in 2020. I'd just come back from my honeymoon. Uh, life's life's pretty great right now, yeah. and I'm got I've gone. Do you want to watch some wrestling? And I hoy on Orange Cassidy yeah. versus back, and then. I think they left to go back down south. And I went, oh, I'll just leave this on, probably watch that tag match. This looks quite good on paper. Oh, look, greatest tag match of all time. Yeah. Like, you will never get that feeling with such a sprawling, rotating cast of characters that it is now where it's kind of impossible to focus on and invest in so many acts. You'll never get those, the first six weeks of those show-closing brawls were just unbelievable. The way that roster interacted with itself, the way you could build stories on a, I would say, like a fixed 10, Mm. in the way that they all interacted. And you could tell great, intricate spiderweb stories where you can just get into all of them, but it's not burnout. It's not the same thing every single week. That bit with one of the young books, I forget which one it was, where it was the end of the show... Invisible walls coming up, effectively, i.e. they've been dribbled yeah. on. And one of the Jackson goes, no, I'm going to get back yeah, in there again. Yeah. I don't have to stand still for yeah. a photo. This is real. The way that they teased every top match at Full Gear 2019, where Kenny and 
um, Moxley were about to fight each other with barbed wire. Like, give us that. Actually, no, I don't. I want to see it at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Don't give me that. Tease it. They did. Jericho and Cody, MJF, and the one last red herring. And then the books come in to fight Santana and Ortiz, and they do, do like a two-minute PWG insanity match condensed into an angle, which is only part of this big set. You can't, they can't do that anymore. They can't because there's too many people involved. And I think that, again, not only can you not tell those stories anymore because there are too many people and they're very disparate in terms of how all of these characters interact or don't on this show. There's too many people that you're being asked to invest in. The information action ratio is completely out of whack. The third problem for me is that the problem is now the solution in terms of AEW is the hub world for every style, every character. There's no one fixed philosophy. And I never used to get on board with the idea of, oh, AEW lacks an identity. I think that's the case now because we have these terminal, endless, cyclical conversations where everything's catastrophized because there's so many different options for what professional wrestling can be that unless you like everything, and even I don't, I'd like to think I've got a diverse taste Mm -hmm. in pro wrestling, but not everything AEW does really speaks to me. So there's always one part of the show that someone, anyone is going to love and not like because the problem is not everyone likes everything. And the solution is one thing is boring. I think AEW has at this point, actually reached an identity crisis, something I just completely batted away for the longest time. Now, you're going to get people complaining of elite melodrama because they've seen Danielson be Danielson. It's it's a bit more like ROH this. You'll get people who will think, well, I really like the way that between November 2020, Hangman Page in the shadows, just out of shot in the tunnel, Bucks have just won their tag team titles. Kenny Omega's a month away from winning the world. That one perfect shot foreshadows the big main stories in AEW over the next year. Full gear 2020 to full gear 2021. An amazing period, more often than not. And it all hinged on that one shot and everything shot off from it. And now it just feels so all over the place Mm. narratively. There's no longer that big crux, that one reason to tune in. And I would argue, and I know the elite aren't in fashion at the moment, their run in 2021, on which pretty much everything was hinged, Mm -hmm. that was when AEW was at its true best for the long sustained period, not just the February. It's impossible for AEW to please everyone. And at the exact same time as it's done too much, he's burned out. Mm. Are you worried about the ratings? One only one one shows hit a million viewers for Dynamite. I don't care about the million. I don't. I yeah, just don't. It is an inventive I, I, care about, I care about the demo. I care about the demo. I want it to have a floor of 0.30. That's when Warner are exotic, ecstatic. You can only beat what's put in front of you. To use a football cliche. Yeah. And they were fifth, I think, for the night. That's like they're still going to be doing cartwheels over that. My worry is that there's this. Very, it's not this one week. I'll wait for a trend to emerge before I start to worry. I will wait for the reports to come out to filter out that Warner are yeah. not happy with the numbers. Yeah. That's when I start to worry. This is an aberration. I'm, I refuse to catastrophize because we've been here before and they always get it back up to a number, either two or one for the night, and really nice demo, 
The best demo. The best demo share. The 10 week average is literally bang on 0.3. Yeah. So it's, you know, yes, they did a 0.27 this week, but in recent weeks, it's been 0.31, 0 0.32, 0.33. It, you know, the 10 week thing also includes the bit over Christmas, which I always think is a bit of a discrepancy yeah. anyway. This week was a terrible card. Um, mm. Because it was a terrible card that delivered as expected to pretty much zero expectations of quality, they got a bad rain. They have got so many matches left to do. They could do. They could turn this around, and they will turn it around. If they don't, that's when I start to worry. My issue with AEW is that unless you're a total freakazoid, and I get them in my replies, and I see them online <laughs> bargaining for the quality of the show... Don't bargain for the quality. Expect more because they've time and time again addressed problems and made a better product for it. My issue is that it feels like there's a malaise sweeping throughout the good faith pocket of the fandom where no one can accurately point out what the problem is and yet everyone experiences the same problem. Mm. The stories aren't hitting for me. And again, what's so bad about this is that WWE have told a really great one. Flawed. And if you mm -hmm. want to know why it's flawed, hop oh. into whatculture.com slash WWE later today. They're telling a great one, and it's creating this discourse where, yes, by comparison, AEW stories don't feel as hot as that Bloodline one. So it's the worst possible timing for the discourse and the mood. Not the discourse, because people talk about it and no one cares. There is a genuine mood, genuine mood shift, and I think that everyone's experiencing it, and... It just doesn't feel as elegant and as white hot and as seminal in terms of its creative peaks, even with the great in-ring action. Um, I think that the solution for me is that Tony Khan needs to, and I think I've said this before, needs to get the big erase board out and establish a set of rules. No more gauntlets. Mm. No more recruitment. Like, those are just examples, but rules of, these are the things that people are bored of. Think of new ideas. Mm. This creative feels stagnant. It feels, at times, cliched. It feels predictable. It feels obligatory. And I think that, I think Tony Khan is still the man to do it. There's not a single person, I would say, in wrestling, or I know that they've booked things or agenting things in WWE, they should replace Tony Khan. Not a chance. He's still the best for me. But a, a creative refresh mm. is very, very much needed in AEW. There are simply too many repeated storylines that just lack the emotional investment because we've been here before. It doesn't feel novel anymore. It felt like such a breath of fresh air in 2019. And in... February 2020, and in the summer of 2021, it felt like this was an all-cylinders promotion operating with thought, with expression, with genius wrestlers allowed to be genius wrestlers. And that spark, that buzz, that elegance, that narrative elegance, gone. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a T-shirt. It's a Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's look ahead to tonight's yes. rampage instead then. Um, like I said... Trio's titles on the line, a rematch um, between the elite top flight and AR Fox. Your thoughts on the whole rematch thing? I know you talked about it a bit, bit on Dynamite. This one I'll allow because it was so great the first time around. I like rules in my storytelling. I like rules in my storytelling. Rules and storytelling allow you to invest, immerse you into the world because you're not questioning the rules of the world and the selective convenience of the world. I've written a massive editorial on the invisible camera. Again, read it. on. Uh, it's the one problem with WWE's bloodline saga that no one wants to admit. And I don't like it when the rules of WWE's world are broken, where they are simultaneously aware and unaware that they're being filmed, yes. and it's just a contrived plot device that exists only to advance stories and not tell good ones, well-crafted ones, logical ones. And this is a smaller problem along the same lines. What what are the rules? I cannot stand it when there's no established rules that people adhere to and storytellers don't adhere to because you're just asking questions of the process. You get the feeling that they're making it up as they go along. You want to be immersed. You want to feel things. You want to get caught up in the moment. You want to suspend your disbelief. This new laissez-faire approach to rules, and in this case, the automatic rematch clause. This doesn't count necessarily. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I should say this doesn't necessarily this doesn't apply. Count. They said, basically, we fought you before, we almost had you beat, and the elite went, let's just do it again then. Yeah, just... So the, we're talking, I was talking, yeah, more about the acclaimed, which we touched on on Wednesday, or yeah, Thursday, I that's say. annoying. And this is a similar thing, where they're just doing a rematch for a rematch's sake because the match was good. And they didn't really give him a main event. At Dynamite. Yeah. That's what this is. That's to be honest. I'm fairly certain that there was some, oh, have we just booked something crap? Let's load Rampage up. Um, look, I don't know. I don't know why the match exists. I'm kind of happy that it is, but I think that's my actual bias because I love the elite speaking. Is it? Is it just a justification to get them out there from VK Ripted? You could do an angle here. Yeah. This could be a usual match exists as pretext for angle, which, you know, is fine. Most of the time, I want to know how they advance the Kenny A.R. Fox thing. Mm. If he gives him yet another test, an even sterner test, if he can actually hit the one-winged angel, or if A.R. Fox continues to evade it, and that becomes a kind of a minor distraction slash obsession with Kenny, where he's like, I can't put this guy away with the move that kills everyone. He's earned a title shot. I want an IWGP US title defense against him. That's where Ooh, I would like this to I go. Like that, yeah. So I do like the thread that AR Fox, Kenny Omega can only eke one out. He cannot actually kill him. And he just killed Will Ospreay. Why is this AR Fox, like a boogie team, 
Yeah. Like the Southampton, Newcastle, how it used to be. Um, I like the idea of top flight being the younger, faster young bucks. I want that to be sort of played with. Look, they're going to do this phenomenal match again, and I'm going to not feel as much for it as possible. And yet again, just to say, we've not read the spoilers. I think I've connected a few dots online, which we'll get into later. But yeah, they have to advance this House of Black elite stuff. Because what annoys me about the fact that they're doing this match and they have really not told a story about it is that at the very least, this should be fascinating. It should be something that law nerds and elite saga nerds get massively into with all the details and all the stuff. Or, at the very least, this should be something that people are taking the piss out of because the elite are nerdy with their storytelling. Malachi Black's nerdy with their storytelling. They should be doing something more interesting, whether it gets buried or praised or it's divisive in some way. And shockingly, for characters as polarizing and interesting as the elite and Malachi Black. No one's talking about this. Mm. That, for me, is a failure of storytelling. Because we were, it's not bold in any way. It's not adventurous in any way. Yet, yet. We were all, we were, you and I were really excited in the midst of the Best of Seven series. It's like, okay, you've got this going on, but it's also about what's going on in the background because House yeah. of Black are coming back up and it's going to be like, yay, we finally overcame it. 4-3, we've won the trios titles. Boom. House of Black. Sorry, we're here to piss all over your chips. Yeah. It just hasn't really happened. It's been muddled. Like, I thought... What's going on with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz? Like, mm. two separate conflicts can happen at once. In fact, it's better when that happens. It's yes. more realistic. But, yeah, this needs to be firmed up. Figured it out. Not going to like it. Elite win, obviously. Uh, retain their trio's titles. They celebrate. But like you say, so oof, bit of a shift they have to put in. Kenny Omega's boogie opponent. <laughs> AR Fox and the Elite. Oh, I'm not as young as I used to be. And look at Top Flight. So what do they need afterwards? Nice bit of cold spray from uh, Brandon Cutler. He sprays him in its black goo. Thoughts? The idea of Malachi Black backstage just hocking up into the spray can and putting <laughs> the thing on. But the match will be great. I want to see AR Fox give Kenny Omega another test. I yeah. want him to subvert some of the sequences. It just doesn't need to exist. Mm. Uh, I'm going to shock you here, so I'm glad you sat down. Tonight on AEW television, Ricky Starks is going to face someone from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh, my God. This is the best possible match. Yeah. Daniel Garcia. Like, the spear into the guillotine was great. That was the one time I got into the Garcia Guevara gauntlet. Die. <laughs> Alliteration. You yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... So it should be good, but again, I've got absolutely zero emotional investment. That's a lie. The emotion I feel about this storyline is total and utter frustration. So glad it when it's over, basically. What Jericho and Starks are doing right now, I think a pit encaps no no no, because there's an E coming after that. Distills my ennui. Okay, very nice. With uh this whole thing, because it's just a gauntlet. I don't think anyone likes the storyline. Everyone has said the same thing. He's already beaten the big bad. Mm -hmm. Even if he hadn't beaten the big bad, this would still be a rotten cliche. Again, it's not novel anymore. It's just a cliche trope now. It's functional. It's the way to pad out two or three months of telly. It's just boring. The match will be good. I will only care about the match when the bell rings and it gets hot. I don't care about the characters involved. And most pertinently... I do not care about the destination. 
these indirect chapters and stories, these building blocks, I can only care about them to an extent if I care about the destination, the big match. I don't. No. It will be a three and three quarter star match. Very well wrestled. But we are it's like that's like the same feeling I have with black and gold in twenty nineteen. Where everyone was telling me these matches are great. You're getting these for free on TV in full sale. And I said, Yes, but I don't think the stories are very good. And I can only care so much about the mm. in ring on one show when you are getting it on the other show, the stories in which I am interested in. That was the fatal flaw for me with the Wednesday Night War. You can't complain about all this great wrestling. Well, I can't because I'm up at three o'clock in the morning. Yes. I have to watch one of them after the one that I'm really into. And it's got no USP anymore, has NXT. And I think the same is true. The USP of these nice, indirect, really long-term stories, gone. Seen it too often. Better have some bloody good plans for Ricky Starks after Revolution, that's all I'll say. Jericho will get more TV time, if, even if he does oh, the jizz up. Of course he will. It's, yeah, it's Chris Jericho. It's Chris Jericho. Who do you think wins here? Starks, obviously. I don't know why he asked that question. Why well, I asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> um... I think, again, um, probably the same can apply to this next one. Jay Cargill continues her TBS title reign with a victory over Vert Vixen tonight. I think it was the Barry lad on Twitter who has done the screenshot of Vert Vixen's cage match and she gets beat all the time on the YouTube show. So why is she on TV? She's on TV because it's an obligation to get a woman's match on TV and Jade Cargill... That's winding down the clock until Statlander returns. So she's just going to do some chal- open challenges. I unless Hamlet said, said when we were talking about the Revolution card, him and Andy were going through, going, how many bloody matches are they going to have along with a one-hour uh, Iron Man match? And he was like, well, they got all the title matches. I went, well, you're not going to have a Jay Cargill match on there. And he went, yeah. I went, what's the justification for it? If you, if the, justifi- the justified match would have been Red Velvet. Uh-huh. Can she get to 50? Red Velvet, all this history, blah, blah, blah. They've done that. They've given a Vert Vixen. The pay-per-view is three weeks away. Something Two like and a that. bit weeks, maybe. There's no one, apart from, like you say, Statlander, or you have to pull, I don't know, Hikaru Shida, who I don't know what on earth she's doing right now, away from the whole uh, invaders. Because there's nothing to talk about with this match, and I will not. Um, there's no point. Even without the one-hour Ironman match, I would like to see a bit of a change to the go-home show approach where it feels like AEW pay-per-views night one and night two, but you get like a pseudo pay-per-view on the week of Mm. because you've got too many characters. They all can't fit under the pay-per-view, particularly with an Iron Man match. Yes, this gets rid of the trifecta, but I can do without it for a week. And then you put three of the matches that would ordinarily die a death in the middle of those cards. Yeah. Not die a death, but they're just not as heated. And it's and too be long. a bit forgotten. So, yeah, certainly, yeah. like you say, when you're watching the paper, you're going, oh, God, there's this as there's well. There's this as well. Like the one thing that you thought, oh, this would be really cool. On the night, you're thinking, oh, it's here, and I don't want it because I'm just want to get to the main event. I'm tired. Do three of the matches that ordinarily would have appeared on the card and just do them on dynamite instead. Yeah. Like, Starks Jericho could go on that dynamite. That's not the one because Jericho's too politically... You could do mocks... Nah, politically mocks as well. Bit of a low-key, wants a spot, wanted to beat CM Punk. You could have Keith Lee Swerve. Mm. Actually, no, I think that's going to rule. I want that on the pay-per-view. You could have Joe Wardlow. Oh, yeah. You could have three of the matches that ordinarily would have made up the card on 
Dynamite instead. Otherwise... Cool world loves a good shout for that, actually, yeah. yeah. Especially as it's the TV title. So. Exactly. Makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, I haven't, we haven't discussed the match because we don't need to. Jay Cargill's... I was going to say I we mean, could record a reaction, but you're off on Monday, so... I am. Hamlet will uh, step up and uh, give his hot take on a fairly straightforward Jay Cargill TBS title defence. Is there anything that you could th- that they could do that will make you bite on a near fall? No. I thought not. We can have one bit of fun with this. Go on. It's time to play the game! Time to play, time to the, play game. the game! <laughs> she doesn't have to do what she does. Eh... <laughs> uh, what time is this going to go? Oh. Not like on the show. It's distinct from ladies' night. But what is the length of the match? If it goes more than two minutes. Should we do a good bruise bet on this? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Whoever gets closest, the other person buys them a, a, a wee latte. Biscoff latte is our choice. Well, stage. I've thrown down the gauntlet so you can go first. Uh, so I said it's not going to go. I'll just go straight up 90 seconds. Willborn and Willborn. God, I'd love it if she just beat her in like 10. No, nothing against Vert Vixen. Love if she beat her in 10 seconds. And I've, I'm, I haven't seen any. I've seen one spoiler, and I'm about to get to it, and it's not related to this. I would love it if it was just ding, ding, pump kick. Uh, um, uh, what's it called? Jaded. One, two, three. She goes, I've beaten everyone who's left, and then Statlander comes out. But I don't know the situation with Chris Statlander, and I don't want to encourage her to come back if she's not ready. Uh, so I'll go, yeah, um, 90 seconds. Oh, 44 seconds. Cool. I, I kind of hope I'm buying you a coffee on uh, Tuesdays. It will be. Save you a minute. Save you 46 seconds of your life. I just, it, Is that the right math? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> um, yeah, like you say, I'm, uh, there's nothing that they can do. She could, Red Velvet could come down and break a chair over Jade Cargill, destroy it. And I'd still go, yeah, she's still retaining the title. Yeah, yeah. No offense, Bert Vixen, but you ain't, that's not, you're not the one in, well, 50 and one or yeah. whatever it is in one. Anyway, um, Swerve Strickland versus another Nepo baby. I'm kind of getting the hang of this phrase now. Did you see that um, WWE, I'm not, we're not going to get into it here, have uh, used, the, go on, used the phrase no cap in their setup for Mad Cat Moss versus Gunther on SmackDown. Have they? And I'm like, even I don't know what you're talking about now. I'm, I'm like, what? What's that mean? It's like Riz. Riz is a new thing, apparently. What's Riz? That's like like, uh, like cracking onto people well, I think. But I don't know. I'm too old. TikTok's passed me by, mate. So if you're Rizzing... No, if you've got like, that's some good Riz. That's a like good Riz. Like a girl's like, mm, what's all this about? Or whatever. I think that's what it is. Anyway, I'm sure we'll get lots of tweets saying, you old bastards, is what it is. Um, but I yeah. know that to be... I think the streets Mike Skinny is called Sharkin. Yeah. Urban Dictionary. The old reliable. Riz. Another word for spitting game. How good you are at pulling and sustaining bitches. That's what it says here. Sustaining <laughs> or slaying. Sustaining. That's the... That's the uh, <laughs> Why do they have to be bitches? I don't know. Uh, what was your Riz like? Bad. Bad. Very Bad. Uh, early days, certainly. So, uh, yeah, they get the example they've get, given. Uh, oh, that's not Riz, apparently, saying, are you from Tennessee because you're the only 10 I see? That was my peak, Riz. So, 
That is not bad, Riz. Have I ever used a chat up line? I don't in my know. life. Nah, I've never used a chat up line. Yeah, uh, it was. No. I think you've got to have a certain personality to do a chat up line. You've got to have the confidence to do it. But I, I just, no offense to any listeners, I just automatically assume the men who do that are arseholes. Yeah. You have to be super charismatic and self deprecating, I think, to yeah. do this. I've never used a chat up line. My Riz. There's been times when I've been absolutely terrible, bereft of confidence. There's other times, you know, it was all right. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm very much a confidence player. I yeah. Think. Uh, so if, if the Riz isn't flowing, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> the the Riz is. Anyway, talk about Nepo babies instead. Why is uh, Swerve Strickland got an obsession with Nepo babies when his ultimate, when his next big goal as a character is to have the... Match with Keith Lee. Who's his dad? I don't know. That's a bit weird. Uh, but he's facing Dustin Rhodes tonight. They have set this up. This good bit. No, of this is this has been good. I really like the blocking of the last heat angle where he just sort of very in a very sinister way like towered over him. Looked really cool. Like Swerve knows how to physically act in angles to make them distinct and to make them a bit almost scary. Like he's a bad dude to Swerve. Mm. Um. What does this bloody match look like? Yes. Swerve has got that very unpredictable way of moving around the ring. So unpredictable, in fact, that it sometimes looks very awkward because he's just literally on a different wavelength. If anyone's not on that wavelength, it's Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> yes. I'm not, no saying you, I'm not saying you can't work with younger wrestlers who are more close to that hybrid style, I guess mm. is the easiest way to say it. Like, you had... Worked magic with them, Sammy Guevara, and some really nice TV matches. But um, I don't know what this looks like. I expect there to be some interference. And I hope that they get the emotion of this right. Like, Dustin Rhodes just defiantly shaking his head when he gets that kick to the face. That's where he does, like, the back heel in midair. That's mm. awesome. So I think if they click, this is very much, if they click, I think the character contrast could really, really work in its favor. But Swerve matches more than most have to click. If it clicks, it'll be great. Um, turn it off now. Have you got to the mid-roll, lad? Yeah, way, way past that. Okay, turn it off now. I'm going to try and talk around this, but I read that a big returning name yes. had made his return on Rampage. And I was thinking, right, who, who, who? All right, okay, I think I know who was going to come back and save Dustin Rhodes from a Mogul Affiliates beatdown and set up a match for Revolution. I'm not going to say the name no. out loud. But put it this way. If you were to say, who am I? I think I would know the answer. Mm. Good. And we're, this, we're, what, two weeks, like I say, away from the fate. Makes sense, yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm glad to see that we're potentially going to get Swerve on a on a pay-per-view card in singles action because I think, he, like you say, he's unorthodox but insanely talented um, but, yeah, a victory, one would assume, for Swerve and his Mogul affiliates, uh, which I believe includes Parker Boudreaux and, and Trench. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And uh, have you had any uh, vegetables? Yeah, I had peas before. Thanks, Trench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, I say you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at 
at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. SmackDown previews available right now. You've got Wrestle Culture with a hashtag Bloody Good Quiz coming your way and all Elimination Chamber stuff over the weekend, of course. And then we'll be back on Monday uh, to review AEW Rampage. But for now, that's been the Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.